Greetings and welcome to the very first episode of the Jurisology podcast. We will be discussing law, cases, legal management and some legal stories as well. For more details, check out our website www.jurisology.com. Today, we would be discussing the most frequently cited case in the common law of contract, particularly where unilateral contracts are concerned. It provides an excellent study of the basic principles of contract and how they relate to everyday life. Essential elements of contract including offer and acceptance, consideration, intention to create legal relations, etc. are mentioned in this case. This case forms the foundation for contract law. It is Louisa Carlyle vs. Carbolic Smokeball Company, or commonly known as the Carbolic Smokeball Case. This is frequently discussed as an introductory case and most often is the first legal case in a law student's life. The events began when the defendant, Carbolic Smokeball Company, made a product called Smokeball. It claimed to be a cure to influenza and many other diseases. In the context of the 1889 and 1890 flu pandemic, which is estimated to have killed over 1 million people. The smoke ball was a rubber ball with a tube fixed to its opening. The ball is filled with carbolic acid. The tube is supposed to be inserted in one of your nostrils and the bottom part of the rubber ball is to be pressed. The gas enters your respiratory tract and flushes out all the virus. The company published advertisements in the Paul Mall Gazette and other newspapers on November 13, 1891, claiming that it would pay £100 to anyone who got sick with influenza after using its product according to the instructions set out in the advertisement. The advertisement read as follows. £100 reward will be paid by the Carbolic Smokeball Company to any person who contracts the increasing epidemic influenza colds or any disease caused by taking cold after having used the ball three times daily for two weeks. According to the printed direction supplied with each ball, £1,000 is deposited with the Alliance Bank Regent Street, showing our sincerity in the matter. During the last epidemic of influenza, many thousand carbolic smoke balls were sold as preventives against this disease and in no ascertained case was the disease contracted by those using the carbolic smoke ball. One carbolic smoke ball will last a family several months, making it the cheapest remedy in the world at the price of 10 shillings post free. The ball can be refilled at a cost of 5 shillings. Address Carbolic Smoke Ball Company, 27 Princess Street, Hanover Square, London. The plaintiff, Louisa Carlyle, believing in the accuracy of the statement made in the advertisement with respect to efficiency of the smoke ball in cases of influenza, purchased one packet and used it thrice every day from mid-November 1891 until 17 Jan 1892, at which later date she had an attack of influenza. Thereupon, her husband, 
wrote a letter to the defendant stating what had happened and asking for thousand pounds as promised in the advertisement. They refused and this action was brought in court before Justice Hawkins and a special jury. Arguments were heard on both sides and finally the verdict was given in favour of Mrs. Carlin. The defendants appealed before the Queen's Court. The Queen's Court had a bench of three judges, Lord Justice Lindley, Lord Justice Bowen and Lord Justice A. L. Smith. Their judgment reads as follows. According to Lord Justice Lindley, he, he dismissed the appeal, giving his decision first and the reasons later he explained his judgment answering to all the allegations put up by the defendant's counsel and upheld the lower court's decision. To quote Lord Justice Lindley, I will begin by referring to two points which were raised in the court below. I refer to them simply for the purpose of dismissing them. First, it is said, no action will lie upon this contract because it is a policy. You have only to look at the advertisement to dismiss that suggestion. Then it was said that it is a bet. Justice Hawkins came to the conclusion that nobody ever dreamt of a bet and that the transaction had nothing whatever in common with a bet. I so entirely agree with him that I pass over this contention also as not worth serious attention. Then what is left? The first observation I will make is that we are not dealing with any inference of fact. We are dealing with an express promise to pay £100 in certain events. Read the advertisement how you will, twist it about as you will. Here is a distinct promise expressed in language which is perfectly unmistakable. £100 reward will be paid by the Carbolic Smokeball Company to any person who contracts the influenza after having used the ball three times daily for two weeks according to the printed direction supplied with each ball. He discussed the following issues with respect to the case. The advertisement was not a mere puff as has been alleged by the defendant. The very fact that thousand pounds was deposited with Alliance Bank Regent Street. So what is that money for? What is that passage put in for? except to negative the suggestion that this is a mere puff and means nothing at all. The deposit is called in aid by the advertisers as proof for their sincerity in the matter. What do they mean? The advertisement definitely means seriousness. The advertisement was an offer to the world. It was contended that it is not binding. It is said that it is not made with anybody in particular. In point of law, this advertisement is an offer to pay thousand pounds to anybody who will perform these act, these conditions and the performance of the conditions is the acceptance of the offer. Communication of acceptance is not necessary for a contract where people's conduct manifests as an intention to contract. But then the defense counsel put forth a point supposing that the performance of the conditions is an acceptance to the offer. That acceptance ought to have been notified unquestionably as a general proposition, when an offer is made, it is necessary in order to make a binding contract, not only that it should be accepted, but that the exception, acceptance should be 
notified. But in cases of this kind, it is apprehended that they are an exception to the rule that the notification of the acceptance need not precede the performance. This offer is a continuing offer. It was never revoked. And if notice of acceptance is required, then the person who makes the offer gets the notice of acceptance contemporarily with his notice of the performance of the condition before his offer is revoked. The defense counsel had argued that this advertisement is a nudum pactum, that there is no consideration. They say it is of no advantage to them how much the ball is used. The, the judge answered. The answer to that, I think, is this. It is quite ob obvious that, in the view of the defendants, the advertisers, a use of the smoke ball by the public. If they can get the public to have the confidence enough to use them, they will react and produce a sale which is directly beneficial to them, the defendants. Therefore, it appears to me that out of this transaction emerges an advantage to them which is enough to constitute a consideration. But there is also another viewpoint to it, which the judge Lindley aptly asserts. What about the person who puts himself or herself in an inconvenient, if not detrimental, to his health while inhaling the potent fumes of carbolic gas? So, therefore, there is ample consideration to this promise. Lord Justice Bowen, while concurring to his brother Bench, Lord Justice Lindley, he was of the same opinion, but he also discussed few points with respect to the vagueness and time period of the contract. His opinion was more tightly structured in style and frequently cited, and is also often frequently cited. In response to defense counsel's point that the contract is too vague to be enforced, he dismissed this claim, relied on his construction of the document, and he said that there is no time limit fixed for catching influenza, and it cannot seriously be meant to promise to pay money to a person who catches influenza at any time after the inhaling of the smoke ball. There is also great vagueness in the limitation of the person with whom the contract was in intended to be made. But this document was of this advertisement was to attract people and make them use it, which would amount to more sales, thus more profit, based on this intention to promote the distribution of the smoke balls and to increase its usage. The advertisement was accepted as a contract addressing public at large, but limited to those people who are using it either for prevention or treatment of influenza and other mentioned diseases. Another point which was discussed in the court was that of the time limit of the contract. How do you define a reasonable time period? After great discussion, the respected judge came to a conclusion that the protection warranted by the contract was to last during the epidemic. If so, it was during this epidemic that the plaintiff contracted this disease and therefore the contract holds. Lord Justice A. L. Smith was had a much more general outlook towards the judgment but he concurred with both Lord Justice Lindley and Lord Justice Bowen. At the aftermath of this landmark judgment, the appeal was dismissed unanimously by all the three judges and Mrs. Carlyle finally received her compensation of £100. 
she lived to the ripe old age of 96 and she died on the 10th of march 1942 according to her doctor principally of old age and one cause was duly noted for her as cause of her death and that was influenza mr ro the owner of carbolic smokeball company continued with his aggressive marketing and this time he increased the reward to 200 pounds following the laws of the case this case louisa kalil versus carbolic smokeball company 1892 ewca civil 1 is an english contract contract law decision by the court of appeal it is notable for its curious subject matter and how the influential judges particularly lord justice lindley and lord justice bowen developed the law in inventive ways a giving a small summary of the judgment the court of appeal unanimously rejected the company's arguments and held that there was a fully binding contract for 100 pounds with mrs carlil among the reasons given by the three judges were one that the advertisement was an unilateral offer to the entire world two that the satisfying conditions for the use of smoke ball constituted acceptance to the offer three that the purchase or merely using the smoke ball constituted good consideration because it was a distinct detriment inco- incurred at the behest of the company and furthermore more people buying smoke balls by relying on the advertisement was a clear, clear benefit to carpolic smoke ball company that the company's claim that 1000 pounds was deposited at the alliance bank showed the serious intention to be legally bound and here ends today's case mm-hmm.